Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Welcome to Your Next Normal in collaboration with America Meditating Radio. Can I tell you, since the pandemic, we have done over 600 shows. That's insane. And we're not even Oprah. I mean, that's just incredible. I mean, 600 shows. We had started off, if you recall, if you were with us when we were Spiritual Vaccine Hour, we were live every night. Then I had a health opportunity, and then we went live five days a week. And then we had to move, and then we ended up with Next Normal. But yet we're still here. I have to tell you, thank you. Thank you for your love, kindness, your donations to keeping us going on a regular basis. Thanks for all of your good wishes, your comments, your shares, your likes. Without you, we would not be showing up as we do. It's been a wonderful journey. It's been one that has kept us on our toes, and I've met some of the most beautiful people. But I've also had the chance of maintaining some great relationships over the years. My next guest is one of those folks, Misty Dian. She's a visionary and a consciousness teacher who leaves others feeling deeply connected and empowered to create a truly sustainable life that they love. With a degree in metaphysical theology and a combined 20-year career as a consultant and coach, Misty invites us to live each day with intention through her groundbreaking program called One Year of Intention. But she's the founder also of the nonprofit organization Spiritual Sustainability and the creator of the Conscious Community app called AOMI online app, which brings conscious living tools right to your smartphone. Today, we're welcoming Mr. Dian to the Next Normal and the America Meditating Radio. I am so, so glad to see you. Om Shanti. Om, Om Shanti. Shanti, sister. So great to see you, as always, and back here to be together in this space again. So thankful. The last time we were together, was it in Tennessee or in Peace Village in New York? It was in Peace Village in New York, yes. A lot changed after that meeting? A lot changed at that meeting and then subsequently after that meeting, yes, for sure. Wow, I can't believe you're an additional mommy now and you're taking care of some beautiful kids. You're married to an incredibly beautiful guy, which actually took some really nice profile pictures of us when we were in Peace Village. I remember that. Yes. Yes, yeah. Jason as well, and he sends his love to you and everyone there, and Thank yes, you. my family is great, and yes, the family has grown. And I've watched from your Instagram post the beautiful relationship that you're having with all of your children, and it shows through the naturalness, the openness, and the smiles in your faces, and so thank you for being you. So, Misty, let's get right into our time together before we talk about some of the important work that you're doing How about sharing with us a little bit about your journey, your spiritual path? How did it begin for you? And what have been some of your high points and maybe even some of your low ones too? 
Yeah, for sure. It's interesting now in looking back and remembering when I found myself on this spiritual path. And I really cannot pinpoint a time that I wasn't on it. I think what I do remember is a time of realization that everyone is remembering and everyone is on a spiritual path, even if it's unacknowledged. So what I remember is the awareness of, oh, my spiritual path doesn't need my acknowledgement. (laughs) It just is. And so that's probably what I remember most about opening myself up to spiritual teachings. And that came in the form of wanting to study world religion, metaphysical theology, and really just this unique way of being able to commune with God in a way that was very intimate and very personal. And then I started being able to connect with other people who were also having a similar experience. And for a long time, I think it felt lonely. And I guess that would probably be a low point is thinking, mm-hmm. why isn't anyone else feeling this feeling or having this question or thinking about these things? And then it just took some recalibrating of what I would call baselines in my life to decide, I know that I'm worthy of unconditional love. And from that place of worthiness, man, did the world open up. It's so funny. Many of us always feel so alone in our journeys, like whether we're going through a situation with our marriage, with our career, with kids, with our work, with a health experience, only to realize that there is always going to be somebody on the planet somewhere, more than one for that matter, who actually are feeling or going through some similar experience, but vibrationally we haven't met yet. Right. We're not alone in whatever we're going through and feeling, because I've actually felt that too. The mm-hmm. good thing is that I had all of my Brahma Kumari yogis around me, but at that time, I didn't want any yoga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't want any meditation. <laughs> but inside of me, I did feel that God had my back, that there were angels that had my back. So I think we're waking up more and more to that, especially mm-hmm. during these times. Would you say that you're bumping into more awakened people now, or are you becoming a little disillusioned with some of what the mass media is projecting? Oh, I think it depends on what you feast on, right? So much of what we take in and what we expose ourselves to has a way of repeating itself, it seems. I would say I am bumping into a lot more people who are aligned with a consciousness lifestyle and a consciousness way of being, more importantly, but there are those difficult moments where we do see in the media and what is happening in the world that is so disheartening, particular to us in this spiritual teaching environment where, you know, many people lean on us and look to us for guidance. You know, how do you look at the world and still have optimism and faith and hope? I hold in circles that, you know, humaning is the most powerful thing that we're here to do. And like you mentioned, the loneliness, that is humaning. That part of our journey is very important and not separate from the spiritual path. I hope in my teachings to bring the experience of integrating those two things together and that the humaning is okay. Of course it's okay. That's what we've been brought here to do. But integrating the spiritual path with that is possible and it can be fun. That's kind of my message. (laughs) That's very true. You know, it's funny because we all came down alone, even though we entered the womb of our mother, which we had company the moment we entered. 
but it was a quiet company. It was a quiet comforting. But then when we come out, you know, here's the world around us, and we think that we're supposed to be always with a million people or a million people have to be looking at me, when in reality there's a balance. I am on my own journey, but when I'm with people, I learn so much about who I am and what I can become, mm-hmm. which is what makes the spiritual journey so provocative but also so rich. You mm-hmm. founded a nonprofit organization that's spiritual sustainability, which I'm curious to find out more about its vision and its mission. Could you share with our viewership what it's all about? Yeah, so it's exactly what it sounds like, spiritual sustainability. You know, I've always been curious about spirituality, but the merging of the environment and activism for me really nodded a need to meet both of those things. And so while we want to be sustainable as a planet, as an environment, the ecological effects of us humaning on this planet are apparent and very difficult to talk about. You know, there's a lot of controversy around climate change and around deforestation and fossil fuels, and the list goes on and on and on. What I noticed is that everyone was leaving the spirit out of that conversation. And until I really got in tune with the sustainability of my soul, I didn't really care as much about saving the planet. And so starting with the spirit and creating sustainability in daily life, I think is a key ingredient to having people who want to advocate and be in important discussions about the earth and the environment. Those two things can't live in separate worlds anymore. So spiritual sustainability was created for that very reason in order to get to the soul of the matter and then in time to get to the humanity matter of our planet. You know, it's funny, you can't correct or reset the environment without being spiritually awakened or aware. Uh Maybe the only way the environment or the planet will reset itself is through tragedy, where it'll just blow up and say, I can't take any more mistreatment that you Uh won't do to me all the time. I give, I give, I give, and you take, and you take, but you don't even think about replenishing me. You take my trees, you don't plant trees. You pollute my water, you don't find ways to cure it. You know, over and over again, we just continue to be consumers of energy and no longer producers of good energy. Mm. And I just wonder how long will it take for us to get there? So your spiritual sustainability is on the money, and I'm only hoping the right people will hear this conversation Mm. today and recognize we have taken the soul out of replenishing our planet. If everyone is spiritually awakened, we won't throw trash everywhere we go. Yeah, the vibration shifts and everything shifts. We know this. Yeah, I have a friend who was traveling with me from a developing country. I won't call the country. And we were down by Capitol Hill. We had lunch by our peace tree on Capitol Hill. And as we were getting up to just walk to the car, she had something left over from the food. And she just threw it on the ground. And I was like, you can't do that. She goes, oh, I do that in my country. This ain't your country. You just can't go throw it. You shouldn't do it there either. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Just sometimes it's the consciousness, you know. Parallel story from our trip. We were in Mexico and the beautiful scenery and the the beauty there, of course. But there were salamanders and iguanas just everywhere on the path. 
and we had just finished having dinner, and I noticed the gentleman and his wife were walking along the path, and there was a big salamander there, and he reached out with his shoe to touch it, and I almost, like, Jason had to, like, kind of set me down. He didn't do anything after that, but kept walking, and it took everything for me not to say, would you like for me to do that to you, you know, and so, yeah, just the mindfulness that comes with a sustainable spirit inside is it's a, a world-changing. We just need to be educated. We need to be given some time because we're changing habits. There was a time that I was a meat eater and now I would not touch meat, fish, chicken, or eggs, you know, and so <laughs> it just takes time to get replenished like, oh, how do I help? And even if you decide to hold back from just eating meat or eating anything with a soul for two days, three days, four days, okay, that's your contribution. See if it can keep expanding and growing. So let's go on to your new program, your one year of intention. How is that? What is that about? The best part about this program for me is that I was the first one to take it, and I just didn't realize it until after the fact. You know, you knew me a little bit prior to meeting Jason, and actually we met during what I would call my one year of intention. I had decided to really cut out anything that was not serving the sustainability of my spirit and my soul. Mm -hmm. A lot of changes took place in my life. Of course, no more drinking alcohol, really taking care of my diet. And then again, the feasting, what I was feasting my eyes and my heart and my ears on, being so intentional for that entire year shifted everything. And so I've created all these different programs, and it dawned on me that the most important thing that I teach is intention and what your intention is in every aspect of your life. Becoming a holistic coach opened my eyes to all the different areas of people's lives that they're struggling in. And with social media, especially, we have new eyes on us all of the time. And so learning how to fall in love with my authentic spirit, my authentic self, and then living from a way of being that is worthy of that unconditional love is really what one year of intention is about. It's like, what can happen if you just spend one year of your life putting intention, sprinkling it in, small things, small daily habits, small weekly, monthly goals, and seeing from one year to the next, the massive shift of change, you know, that people say all the time, we underestimate what we can do in a short amount of time and we over we tend to overestimate what we can do in a long amount of time. One year is a good amount of time to really start sprinkling in that sustainable intention. Yeah, beautiful. I can only imagine all the many, many other things that opened up for you. You have been a good example on many levels and I've loved the way that you move. Some leaders want you to know that they're leaders and some Folks are just leaders by their mere example. And I understand that conscious leadership has been a key aspect of your program. But for those of us who might be wanting to learn more about that, what really is conscious leadership? What does it look like to you? And how does it relate to the one year of intention? Yeah, I'm glad that you asked that because conscious leadership is being a masterful leader that is not about you at all. It's about those who you are walking alongside and you're sharing your heart and your soul's experience together. And being a leader, an example, that's an extremely high compliment, especially coming from you. 
I received that compliment because I think it's difficult for leaders to be sort of in the focus and in the spotlight, but then know how to turn that off in a sense and just show up authentically. That's the leadership that people are looking for going forward. You know, we have teenagers and over the next seven generations, you know, they aren't going to be following any leadership that isn't based in authentic truth. So leaders of the future get ready because the demand for you to be a conscious-minded human is the baseline. It's not something any one of us will aspire to. It's where we will start. One year of intention for leaders is certainly that, learning how to set aside the ego mind and to really show up in a way that is unattached so that you aren't attached to the approval of others. That's a different level of consciousness. I remembered when you stayed at my space in D.C. when you visited a few years back, and we live a really unusual life, like waking up at 3.30 in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning and, you know, just our basic way of moving around. And you were just in the flow. You were like, okay, sure, I'd be happy to. I'm going to honor the space that I'm in. I'm okay. I don't need to imposed my beliefs and I think you even did some exercises with us and we just felt you were just family like wherever you go you emanate this sense of acceptance I have a grounding statement that helps me stay present and it certainly keeps me humble and that is I get to be here in those moments yeah I relish the change and the experience for what it was and I use that statement often as a conscious leader, to remind myself, I get to be here. Right now, I get to be here having this amazing conversation with someone who I admire and respect and love so dearly. That is all this is about, you know? And if we're caught up in our minds, we tend to miss that beauty that's just right there for us to lean back and just float into that experience. And that's really what people want in a leader is the freedom to have experience that they're supposed to be having. I love that. I'm going to use that when I get to be here. I like that very much. You know, nowadays there are a multitude of choices that people have in terms of Mm -hmm. tuning into spiritual voices, coaches, looking for a way out or maybe Mm -hmm. a way in. And based on your work and experiences, what are common challenges that many people are struggling with to overcome and sometimes often just don't get over it. I've recently been leading a teaching on the suffering. The only suffering that we really have as humans is places within ourselves that we haven't chosen to embrace and love. And so I think that would be the number one thing. And that's for leaders and anyone on a spiritual journey Any shame, any guilt, any disconnect that you're feeling is a part of you that's sort of tugging on your shirt tail. These are the parts that we want to shove away. These are the parts that we want to kind of cloak and not talk about. And my invitation in my teaching circles is how would you respond to a child tugging on your shirt tail, wanting attention? You wouldn't try to shove them away, right? You would try to invite in that conversation and try to meet their needs. Well, we're no different. Our inner space, our inner child is no different than that child tugging on our shirt tail. And so those places of suffering are just signals 
that are wanting our attention. And if we can tune in and embrace those, and then next step to share that, oh my goodness, the permission that people have to heal right in the moment, some of their deepest hurts and grief. I was with a young girl yesterday, and she just won Miss Pre-Teen Arizona. Wow. She was 11 years old, and when you looked at her mannerisms and she sat at the table, the way she ate, the way she addressed me, yes, Sister Jenna, of course. I really appreciate that. And I said, it's such a long time that I've met someone like that, just even any, even an adult to speak yeah. to me like that. And I've met a lot of children like her now. I'm meeting a lot of children like her. I'm meeting a lot of men who are so fully balanced and being able to embrace their feminine and their masculine side and become so whole. And as I looked at her, I saw the future was bright. You know, one of the things that I told her, I said, Lola, don't think your beauty is your only access to entering the door. Make sure you go deep into your study too so no one can step on you because you've got beauty and brains. And she looked at me, Misty, and she says, I will always remember that. She was only 11. My parents were telling me stuff. I was like, no, I just want to play with my dolls. Can I just get a mango? Can I just go here? What are you talking about? These kids are ready to open up a aged world. And I love it. I know your kids are too. And they are my greatest teachers. I've mm-hmm. always said that, you know, in parenting, they are my greatest teachers. So what a beautiful interaction there as an example of the trajectory of where we are headed. What's the age limit of all the kids now that you've got going? Almost 18. We've got a, a senior in high school is our oldest. And then next in line is uh, 15, almost 16. So we'll have another driver in the house. And then the next youngest will be 15, getting her permit soon to be practice driving. And then our oldest son, Hagen, is eight. And then Lucas, of course, our youngest, will be two in September. So from two to 18. (laughs) Wow. You see, see, folks, her hands are full. Not only is she full with kids, a beautiful husband, but she's pushing in with her career. And Uh it's not to even say that she's not dealing with her own self. Oh, every day. (laughs) But you just have to keep going. So let's take a look at beliefs because beliefs tend to shape the way that we evolve in life. Where would you say our beliefs about ourselves are coming from? And how can we change them if they're affecting us in a negative way? You know, where you just feel so down on yourself all the time. I talked about this this morning in a guided meditation class that I led and that came up about beliefs because, you know, on the spiritual path and When you're holding a space like we do on AOMI online in the app, it's an open community. So it's not, you know, a denomination or one belief path. It's very open and all experiences are welcome. All beliefs are welcome. And we will get the question, do you believe in God? You know, is this a safe space for many of my Christian friends who join the app? And I find it humorous now. And I think the key to our beliefs is not taking them too seriously but to realize that they have been handed, some of them, they've been chosen, and some of them we've just decided to allow in without any recognition for whether or not they resonate with our soul's truth. And so taking out the seriousness of belief and really being able to look at it and ask the question, does that align with me, even though I've been thinking that same thought for 25 years, 
today is the day that I get to ask maybe if it aligns or not going forward. And so this question about do you believe in God, I responded today in that circle by saying, forget belief. I know God. I know God. And I know the aligned truth that God has for me and my life, you know. So there's this idea that belief systems are so important. And I'd like to see us as spiritual leaders sort of say, but let's really talk about that. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. many people will say that a belief is a thought you just keep thinking or someone told you to think. So that would be my hope is that we can take some of the seriousness off of belief and start to talk about alignment with the truth of our souls instead. I think it's happening. A friend of mine sent me something on Netflix on God's Favorite Idiot or something with Melissa McCarthy and her husband. And I got a chance to just watch one or two, but from what I could pick up from what the writers tapped into is the fact that God is a very embracing, powerful spirit that we all need right now. And we don't have to take the interpretation or the relationship with God so seriously, but embrace it, move into it, feel it, love it, make it very much a part of your life so that you can really evolve and experience why we're here. Really here to be very happy and deal with crap. It doesn't matter. (laughs) But we're supposed to just keep moving and not be stuck. I want to talk about that new book that you've got in the works before we come to a close. Where do you even find the time to put together a new book? You're amazing. Moms are going to watch this and they're like, what do you mean? 18 to 2 and husband. And <laughs> I decided a few years ago that I can have it all, that all of it is me. I'm not going to put on a mom hat and then put on a work hat. Like it's all me. And so I find the time where the time finds me, I guess. And when you're a yes for something, sure, you have to be a no to something else. And my family, they always support everything that I'm up to. And that's a give and receive around our house. But the book, the book is exciting. And I haven't talked much about the title yet, but I'm excited to share the title with you and maybe a little bit nervous because it is intended to shine a light on undoing this patriarchal view of religion. Shifting into a modern spiritual leadership is not going to come without an abrupt, oh my goodness. And so the title of the book is Holy Shit. (laughs) And that has been my cumulative experience of religion, organized, unorganized religion, spirituality, and all of the melting pot of people that have taught me so much about the truth of my soul's path. So the book is very exciting. It's in its last round of edits. It'll be out later this year. I love it. I thought I heard you say, holy shift. And then later on, I went, oh, I think she said something else. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) But it's also that, right? I love it, right? It becomes the holy shift that's Mm -hmm. taking place inside of the soul. There is something so dynamic about the era that we're in. As messed up as it seems and as complex and complicated and upside down as it seems, it's as if we're really working it all out. It is a very holy time to be living. It is a holy time. And, you know, a hundred years ago, we wouldn't be having such a conversation. And there's something so powerful about what you said is to be able to embrace whatever our weaknesses might be or challenges or struggles and be able to share that not out of the ego of like my hell is worse than your hell so now give me your compassion 
But to yeah. actually embrace your relationship with God, you know we call God Baba, but to embrace your relationship with God's light, with Baba's light, and work it through, and then to attract those people that are working with you and vibrating, you know, that conscious leadership you spoke about, mm-hmm. where the people you're with on your journey, you can trust them, and they can trust you. And even when you share the embracing of your limits or your struggles, it's as if they're raising you up just by looking at you and listening to you when mm. you share it. And then you can just see the power yeah. and the magic of that quality of spiritual sustainability that yeah. is definitely required now. So as we come to a close, please tell us what is your main message that you would like to leave our incredible audience with? Well, another thing we wouldn't have had a hundred years ago is the fast in your hands exposure to all of these beautiful messages. I think my message today would be lift those around you, recognize the people who are on your path and have been placed there for a very specific reason as we're all remembering why we came together at this particular time in the world. I invite the leaders to step forward and to choose to lead by example Put your employees through a program like One Year of Intention. Show up beyond corporate wellness at this point and show up for the souls of those around you as a leader and always a student. I am only as great as those I surround myself with. And I would not be doing any of what I'm doing without the incredible team that I have with AOMI Online. So I would be remiss not to mention them today and point my finger at them that this is all of us that have worked to get to this place to invite the world in to what we're doing with our conscious community at AOMI. I have the best team on the planet. I only hope for all the conscious leaders out there to have a team like I do. Beautiful. I'm glad to hear that. What's the best website to find all of your information, the one-year intention, the AOMI, the coaching programs that you offer and much more? Yeah. You can get in touch with me at oneyearofintention.com and then, of course, at Meet Misty on Instagram and then AOMI online. I know it's a tricky name, but it's a beautiful Greek word that means to heal, to cure, and to make whole. So at AOMI online on Instagram, and you can get the link to the app there, too. Beautiful. Thank you, Misty. It's been a pleasure being with you today. Thank you, sister. As always, Mm -hmm. so much love to you. All right, folks, what a wonderful time we've had. I mean, such richness in the sharing from Misty. And I had kind of recapped a lot of what she said, but one of the things that stood out for me was the conscious leadership, how the people that you're traveling with and how you work together and live together and just support each other. It's something that I deeply love and stand by as well. And I wish the world would just emanate that. I wish that treat your neighbor next door with the same respect you would treat your grandparent or maybe your parent. I don't know. I hope you do. But just think about how beautiful the world would be if you were able to raise that intention within you. And the importance of answering your why for a year, as Misty said, just contributing, just even one day at a time, just something that you think is purely intentional within you and being able to honor that, to feed it, to put some energy in it, to embrace it. A wonderful program. Hope you've liked our show today. Just remember, nobody can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And I'm suspecting that if you really look deep down inside and if you really look around, I think we're here to love each other the same. 
I really do. Take good care. Thanks for joining us. When I was asked by Sacred Stories Publishing to write a book on mystical divine experiences, initially I said no, those are too private. But then when they came back again to urge me to do it, I said, why not? It'll be of service because over 25 co-authors would have would be joining me on this journey to share their own experiences. In meditation, intimate experiences with the divine through contemplating practices, you will read stories from our co-authors of a heartfelt clarity about a father's death giving his son a new life. You will hear the story of a woman embracing her wounded inner child and healing herself. You will even hear stories about an inexplicable medical miracle and so much more. This book has a life of its own. You will learn how listening to your inner silence can help you overcome life obstacles and reclaim your spiritual power. I hope that you'll be able to dive deep into this and maybe even explore your own mystical and divine experiences for your life to change, for your life to become one that is completely full and rich of everything good. Enjoy, and thank you for looking into meditation, intimate experiences with the divine through contemplative practices. Holidays located at 6838 Piedmont in Gainesville, Virginia. We're a family owned restaurant and offer authentic Asian cuisine and sushi. Come savor our delicacies made with love and enjoy the perfect ambiance. We look forward to seeing you there. I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.